Did the loss of Edwin Diaz doom the Mets season before it even started? We'll discuss that on today's show. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Well, the Mets won a game on Monday, and we'll talk about that in the final segment. But what I wanted to do today is really go back to, I think, the first horrible thing that happens to the Mets this year and discuss whether that doomed their season before it even started. And of course, talking about Edwin Diaz's injury, we'll go into that hypothesis in the first segment that they were never going to win once that happened. And then the second segment, we'll talk about where he's at in his rehab and if it makes any sense whatsoever to let him pitch this year before closing again on that Mets Pirates victory. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Edwin Diaz. This is a topic that I have neglected to discuss on this show since it happened, since Edwin Diaz was celebrating with his teammates for Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic when they beat the Dominican Republic, and he ends up, tearing that ligament in his knee, and the Mets lose the best closer in baseball. The time, I spoke about how frustrating that injury was, but how the Mets had enough to overcome it. And I don't think that you can simply point to that one injury and say, hey, plug Edwin Diaz and his statistics on this team, and that takes the Mets from where they've been all year to a team that's contending with the Braves, or even just in the same league as the Phillies and the Marlins right now. A lot went wrong past the Diaz injury. And it's not one player that makes a ball club. Whatever happened throughout this year, the combination of players and personalities did not work. The performance was not there. With that said, it was a bad omen. A really bad omen to lose your closer in a meaningless baseball game. And I I shouldn't say meaningless because I know that the World Baseball Classic is incredible for the game of baseball. People love watching those games. The games I tuned into were fantastic. And if you are, uh, you know, a, a Puerto Rican and you watch your team beat the Dominican Republic, a big rivalry, international play, it was amazing. But it was not worth the season for Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz gets paid a lot of money to pitch for the New York Mets, not for Team Puerto Rico. And the loss of Diaz has been felt all year long. And I really feel like it is not only the trickle-down effect of the bullpen, which we can get into. It is a loss of swagger. It is a loss of excitement. It is a loss of a weapon that was the best in baseball last year. When a lead was handed to Edwin Diaz, the Mets felt pretty damn confident they were going to win that game. Remember, he pitched to a 1.31 ERA last year. 
he struck out 17.13 batters per nine. What does that mean? That means he nearly struck out two batters per inning that he pitched. That's how good he was. His strikeout percentage was 50.2%. What does that mean? Well, half of the batters he faced, he struck them out. His slider, absolutely disgusting. Batters hit 158 against him on this season. His fielding independent pitching, because that removes defense, was 0.90. And his expected FIP, so that's expected fielding independent pitching, was 1.04. As a closer, he was worth three wins above replacement. You look at win probability added, he was right there as well. Edwin Diaz was awesome last year. And that's why he got the best contract ever for a reliever, getting a nine-figure deal from the Mets. And if they had him this year, there's no doubt the Mets would have been significantly better. As much as you could say, oh, he was worth three wins last year, or the win probability added were three and a half wins. The impact that he has on everyone else would have been monumental. To take David Robertson and plug him into the eighth inning, or at times the seventh or the sixth inning when you needed him. To take Drew Smith and not have him be one of your high leverage relievers, to be able to go to Diaz, Robertson, Adovino, Rayleigh. It's funny, when you look at the stats of those other moves the Mets made this offseason, bring Adovino back, even though at times it hasn't looked good, his overall numbers are there. Brooks Rayleigh was a really good trade acquisition. David Robertson, a great signing. What hasn't worked is everything beyond those guys and the fact that you lost Diaz. And it's not to say that, hey, if you had Edwin Diaz, the guys that are in that six through eight slot in your bullpen would have suddenly been better. Those guys still would have been an issue. The starting pitching still would have been an issue. But it's it's just the momentum killer that that was. Coming off this offseason where everyone was riding high, you get that news. And then, all right, you try to get past it. You try to get over it. You got David Robertson. At least you have an option. And Justin Verlander gets her right before the season. And the whole year just never panned out. And again, it's not to say that if the Mets had Edwin Diaz this year, they would have won more games. Well, no, they would have won more games. That said that they would have suddenly been a contender. There's every chance this team would have been as much of a disaster as they, they are, or maybe just slightly less of a disaster. But what the Edwin Diaz injury did more than anything else, it was a foreshadowing of things to come. The Mets had this incredible opportunity this year. They were coming off a great season. They went out in the offseason and signed like crazy and kept the, the biggest pieces from the team last year, brought them back and added to it. And that was supposed to put them over the top when they could not only contend with the Braves in the division, but could make a run in the playoffs. And they had the bullpen to do it, and they had the top of the rotation arms, they thought, and Verlander and Scherzer to do it. And Edwin Diaz, while celebrating a win in the World Baseball Classic, his knee gives, and the harsh reality swept over every single fan that has bled blue and orange their entire lives. We can't have nice things, and this franchise and this team might be doomed. And guess what? They were this year.
Does that mean that forever this team's never going to figure it out? No. There's still reason for optimism. There's still reason for hope. But when we look back in hindsight at the Edwin Diaz injury, I think a lot of people are going to point to that and say, that's where the Mets season in 2023 came to end because they never could get over the mental hurdle, the mental loss of trying to make up for that guy who meant so, so much to the 101-win ball club from a year before. Now the question is, do you want him to pitch at all in 2023? Because the funny thing is, the Mets were in the mix this year. Edwin Diaz might be gearing up for a playoff run now. You just have to wonder if that's even worth it to throw him out there on a mound at all this season, considering the fact that this is clearly a lost year. We'll get to that in a minute. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Picking up burgers and hot dogs for the summer barbecue? You know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure that you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire trip to the store, or you could use that cash back to buy a flight for something you've been eyeing, or you know, if you want to go to that game you've been dying to see. All of that could potentially come from the money you will save by using Ibotta. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store, Google Play, and download the free Ibotta app. Use the code MLB. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store. Use the code MLB. Mets are playing the Pittsburgh Pirates again, 710 Eastern Time tonight. Catch every pitch in the Mets hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Edwin Diaz could actually pitch this season. He is currently throwing uh, from the base of the mound, so he's getting there. He's going to be at that phase of his rehab for about a week, if not in a little more than that, maybe 10 days. And then they'll reassess and if all goes well with that, he could be clear to maybe get up on the slope halfway potentially, or even on the rubber. That could be a, a or that will be, you know, one of the biggest steps in this rehab process to get him on the slope to be driving that knee. And we'll see. We'll see how things continue to progress. Seems like the Mets would be willing to let Diaz pitch if he passes all of the hurdles medically. And you're at a point where it's going to take some time still, you know, seven weeks left. Can he get back? I think if there was a playoff push, there'd be more of a rush. There'd be more of a need for it. If you're in the match, you got to play this thing as slow as possible. You just don't want to risk anything. But if you are following your, your checks and your procedures and everything is going as planned. And let's say after this week, he's clear to throw on the mound. And then a week later, 
he's throwing off the rubber in bullpens and all of a sudden he's got batters in the box during bullpens and then he's facing some hitters and some live batting practice and then he's playing some sim games and all of a sudden you got him out on rehab there is a chance that Edwin Diaz could get back on the mound the question is how scared are you of that prospect how fearful are you about Diaz coming back that you would consider holding him out and just saying, look, the season doesn't matter, so why possibly let him pitch? It is a tough question to answer. And I was on a Mets off day and SNY a couple weeks back. It was before the deadline. And I said that I would let Edwin pitch. If Edwin wants to pitch and he's medically cleared, I would let him pitch even if it was a lost season. And now for watching the Mets play baseball – I don't know if I still agree with my own opinion on that. I think I'm sort of indifferent in the sense that I would hope the Mets won't do anything to jeopardize them. There's no reason for it. And I pretty much am confident that they wouldn't. I think if they could take any excuse to keep holding them out and, and not pitch them, they'll probably take it. And that's maybe the likely ending to this, right? You let him keep progressing. You let his rehab go. You, you let him throw his bullpens when he's clear to make sure he's healthy. And then at the end of the year, you say, look, you know, you put him in a Syracuse game or two, and that's the season. Hey, you got back on the mound, you're pitching, but we're not going to bring you back. With that said, if Edwin Diaz does pass every single step and he comes to you and he really wants to pitch, he wants to get back on a big league mound because that means something to him after he has killed himself in rehab all year, I get back to my original take on Mets off there where I say, you got to let him pitch. And I don't think that the risk is so outrageous that you just flatly deny him that opportunity. If the doctors are saying he's okay, if he's thrown every bullpen without pain, if he has made some rehab appearances and looks good and isn't hurting through any of it, I don't think there is much harm in it. And I would love to see Edwin Diaz pitch again. Um, but the focus still has to be squarely put in 2024, and that's where you might have to protect him for himself a little bit and just you know, keep that rehab process a little bit longer, make sure he passes every test three times before you move him to the next one um, because ultimately you just watch what happens when you don't have him. They need him when Diaz fully healthy next year because he is such a key fulcrum to everything they do without him. It can all crumble because it just did. Uh, I think that Edwin Diaz, if you look at every single pitcher in this organization right now, you can make an argument he is the most important arm they have. It's either him or Kodai Senga. Now, for next year, Jose Quintana is going to play a big role. And if Adam Adovino and Brooks Raley come back, they're going to be key cogs in a bullpen. And you see the prospects coming along who – could have bright, bright futures, but no one has the ability to affect the win column more than Edwin Diaz. I really think over a full year when Diaz pitches the way he did last year, I don't care what wins above replacement or win probability added says, I feel like that dude's worth 10 wins. I feel like last year, if everything was breaking right for you the way it was, and Let's just say it's the exact same team, but David Robertson's on instead of Edwin Diaz. And hey, your bullpen did great with, with, with Diaz. That was the, the swap this year, right? 
If you had everything the same last year, but David Robertson was closing those games instead of Edwin Diaz, I still think the Mets are a playoff team. But I don't know if they are holding the division lead for most of the season and you know, winning 101 ball games. I don't think so. So you got to make sure that this dude is fully healthy because you paid him over $100 million for a five-year deal, and now you have to break that up over four years because he didn't pitch at all. Or if he does pitch, it'll be a couple innings in a meaningless season. It's a rough first year of the investment for old Steve Cohen. But his team won on uh, Monday night and won pretty convincingly. We'll talk a little Mets baseball in just a minute. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The football season's about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And you know, personally, if I'm trying to think about how you want to play this thing, Maybe you bet on a team like the Chiefs. It's probably going to win a lot of football games. And you just keep getting bonus bets that you can use throughout the year. So if you want to get in on the action, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. The New York Mets play the Pittsburgh Pirates again, 7-10 Eastern time tonight. Jerry pitched the Mets hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Good ball game Monday night. Mets actually played a, a just wire-to-wire solid game. I mean, Carlos Carrasco didn't pitch well, but other than that, entire ball club showed up and showed up in a big way. Uh, first inning, Carrasco puts him in a one nothing hole. You get a base hit from Brandon Emma to lead things off, and RBI double from Pete Alonso tie things right on up. Second inning, Daniel Vogelback starting to swing a bit of a hot bat. Not that it matters at this point, but hey, ninth home run of the season. Could he get hot and hit 15 this year? I don't know. Probably not. But hey, good to see him driving the baseball a little bit. I just hope he doesn't do enough over the final part of the season where they tender him a contract next year. I can't take it anymore. Uh, It's nothing against him, or maybe it is. I don't know. I just feel like he clogs up your roster in so many ways. But, hey, honestly, when you're watching DJ Stewart and you're watching Rafael Ortega and Danny Mendick and Jonathan Ruiz, who did hit a home run in this game, um, all of a sudden Daniel Vogelback looks incredible up there. It's like, oh, he's kind of a major league hitter. Um, So good to see him swinging the bat a little bit better. Grasco gives up the lead in the top of the third. Mets, though, get right on back in the bottom of the third. Francisco Lindor gets a hit. Vance is on a couple of bad pitches, pass ball, wild pitch. Jeff McNeil drives him in the first of two times in the game. He would drive in Lindor. Fourth inning, Mets score on that aforementioned home run by Ariz. Uh, then, you know, fifth inning comes around. You have Lindor again, double. Um, and then steals third, giving him a 2020 season first met since Carlos Beltran 
to hit 20 home runs and swipe 20 bags. Again, people, you are seriously mistreating Lindor if you still can't appreciate how good of a baseball player he is. He is as solid as they come. And this franchise is a lot better for having Francisco Lindor at shortstop. To have a 2020 season is not something um, to, to sneeze at. And he has 26 doubles as well, which is, I think, that ninth player in Mets history who's done that. It's really impressive stuff. And, and like I said, Lindor um, driven in by McNeil twice. McNeil sack fly brings him home. And the final run of the game was a home run by Brandon Nimmo, his 16th of the year, which just might match a career high. I'm trying to remember how many he hit. I think it was in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let's let's look back at the old baseball reference here. Uh, he had 17 in 2018. Uh, last year, he had 16, just matched that. So one more he will set, or two more he'll set a career high, one more he'll match it. And I think he's going to get to at least 20 this year, which for Brandon Nimmo, Pretty damn impressive. On the pitching front, <laughs> this collection of arms makes me laugh. Uh, you got Tyson Miller, who gave him two strong innings in his Mets debut and looked pretty damn good. Um, no strikeouts, two walks, no hits allowed. You had Sam Coonrod, finally, guy that they were really excited about coming into the year, has really good stuff, was hurt all season, got a couple of strikeouts, worked around a hit and a walk, looked pretty good, though. Uh, you had Phil Bickford, strong inning. Trevor Gott, who has quietly strung together some success now that the games don't matter. Um, and then Adam Adovino, closing the door with a couple of strikeouts in a perfect inning of work. The bullpen, when you pitch against a bad team, suddenly looks so, so good. The difference between playing the Pirates and the Braves is a little bit stark. Uh, Pittsburgh had five hits on the game. And they drew seven walks and scored just two runs. They were two for 11 with runners in scoring position. The Mets two for six. So solid effort by your Mets. couple more games here against the Pirates where you can win. And I don't know if you're supposed to because there's still those lottery odds that are ever present. And then you play the Cardinals. Since they're two teams you're directly competing uh, against for that lottery, so to speak. And I would not be surprised at all if this is where the Mets decided to string together like five or six wins just, just for the fun of it. And you know what? As much as I can talk about the importance of getting a top six pick and avoiding that you know slide of 10 picks in the draft, it's also the MLB draft. It's not the NBA draft. It's not the NFL draft. You can make it happen later in the draft just as well as you can in the beginning. Obviously, it'd be much better to have a top pick. But tell you what. I like when the Mets win baseball games. So I'll be very happy if this is actually uh, a, a stretch where you can tune into the Mets and just watch your team win a little bit. Hopefully, maybe, probably asking a little too much. For the rest of the series, it's uh, David Peterson going against Bailey Falter. Uh, matchup of a couple lefties with an ERA over five. Then you got Johan Oviedo with his 4-4-2 ERA going up against Tyler McGill. Five six four ERA and man, I wish I did not have to watch Tyler McGill pitch. But it's a day game, so at least you get it over with a little bit earlier in your afternoon. And then there will be that series on Thursday against the Cardinals, where Quintana will take the ball. So that's where you're at for the rest of the week here. Uh, if you want any recap of the action for all you everydayers, make sure you're tuning into the show. And on tomorrow's 
we'll be discussing if the Mets free agent class this year was actually a success despite all the losing. I'll explain why Billy Upper maybe did a little bit better than he gets credit for. Um, so we'll go through all of that on tomorrow's show. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter, Pickle Stein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. If you want to catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast, you can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.